Welcome to the 147th episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me, as always, is Roger Entner. How are you doing, Roger? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So, Roger, you and I recently co-authored an article focusing on the financial performance of the big three wireless CEOs, and I thought we could talk a little bit about it. Well, you had that brilliant idea of looking at the wireless CEOs and their performance like that we look at U.S. presidents. So I'm, in addition to being a telecom nerd, I'm a little bit of a politics nerd. One of the things that I like to look at in terms of approval ratings with presidents is you know, sites like 538 will have this where you'll be able to track the approval rating of the current president relative to where other presidents were in their term. And so the idea is that your T0 or where you, where you start the line for each president, or in this case, CEO, is when their tenure begins. And then you can kind of measure them on an even timeline in terms of what they've done. So we took a look at this across three separate metrics, right? So the first one, postpaid net ads, right? So this is a a metric that the the street follows quite a bit. Very broad. It could include both phones and, you know, things like tablets or watches or free lines or that sort of thing. And so net ads are usually the headline number that, that wireless CEOs want to talk about. But as you know, sometimes those numbers can can hide things, right? Because not all net ads are created equally. Yeah, and strategies have changed. So what people want to talk about has changed over time, right? Right. So when we look through that lens, right? So so Mike Sievert has been at the helm at T-Mobile for about 12 quarters. At John Stanky at AT&T has been around for 11 quarters. And Hans Vestberg has been around for 19 quarters. So there's a little bit of a difference there from a timeline perspective. But what we found was interesting, and this is generally, I think, what you would kind of say that the, the general opinion on the street is, is that, you know, Sievert over the 12 quarters has generated the most postpaid net ads at around 16 million, 16.8 million, followed by Vesper generating 10.5 over 19 quarters, followed by Stanky generating 10.3, but only over 11 quarters. And so in the time that it took Hans Vesperg at Verizon to get to 10.5. Stakey got to it, you know, eight quarters. And half, almost half the time. Almost half the time. Much stronger performance. And and the, 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 the scope and, and the focus is also different between the two. But what's really interesting is then the next metric that we looked at, which was post-page phone ad ads, right? Right. And this was counterintuitive i think you know if you follow what the street is saying a lot of times you know, there's a lot of you know pro t-mobile messaging out there and i think you know it's warranted in the sense that t-mobile over the 12 12 months that mike sievert has been at the helm does have the most postpaid phone net ads so these are the most valuable net ads but john stanky's only one quarter behind him and the line's are almost exactly on top of each other. And so there's very, very little difference, right? The only difference is that Mike Sievert has been in charge for one additional quarter relative to John Stanky. And from the fourth quarter of each of their tenures to the to the 10th quarter, 
AT&T was slightly outperforming T-Mobile on postpaid phone net ads. And only last quarter, they they dipped slightly below it. But the, the two lines are very similar. And so that was, I think, dramatic. I think the other thing that was really interesting was looking at, at Verizon. Because Stanky and Siebert, where they are, is like, 8 million and 7.3 million over 12 and 11 quarters. Westberg is at 3.9 million phones over 19 quarters. And he was basically at that point five quarters ago, too. Because since the, over the last five quarters, this has been basically flat. Right. And, and the other thing I think it's interesting about Verizon is you see little kinks in the line because they're very heavily weighted towards the fourth quarter. And so, you know, one of the things that we've talked about on the podcast quite a bit is the extent to which Verizon tends to do not, or at least in recent memory has tended to not do so well in the first quarter and do quite well in the fourth quarter. And you see that, right? So everybody else is kind of a straight line. Verizon's line kind of bumps along. And then, as you say, within the last five quarters, they've been roughly flat on the cumulative postpaid phone net ads, and you know it's because the consumer group has been you know losing some some subscribers pretty consistently. And the business one has has won some in, in SMB. But what's interesting is right we we know that the strategy of of Verizon is to favor profitability over growth, subscriber growth, or even at the expense of subscriber growth. In this and, case, and right? the expense of it. And T-Mobile, even though that the rhetoric is around, oh, we're, we're profitable growth, all of this, and that it's largely a growth stock. Uh, when I look at, at AT&T, their performance is equally equally good as, as that on phone net ads as that of T-Mobile. And they're getting none of the credit, right? Well, I, we should talk about the third category we looked at, which the is third category is then profitability, right? And in this case, what we see with the profitability equation is that AT&T and Verizon's lines are actually directly superimposed on each other, right? Although at different phases, because Hans Vestberg has been doing this for 19 quarters, John Stanky's been doing it for 11, but the lines are right on top of each other. So you know where, where Hans was eight quarters ago is almost exactly where... John Stanky is today, and T-Mobile's line has got a significantly flatter slope. Flatter slope and below, right? And below, right? And so I'm going to steal the punchline here, but you know, you get AT&T's profitability is it roughly in line with Verizon's, which is you know best in class in terms of cumulative cumulative profitability. Yet their postpaid phone net ads, which is you know kind of growth on a unit level is in line with T-Mobile's, right? So you get the best of both worlds. With superior profitability. And, and one of the things is like, at John Stanky's current stage at 11 quarters, they have returned over their tenure, 11 quarters, about 97 and $98 billion. And they are a million bucks apart really a very small amount apart. And the other thing that's to me was surprising 
was how steady the slope of T-Mobile was. Because T-Mobile is telling the story that the merger efficiencies are accelerating their profitability. But the slope, which is below the growth slope, which is below that of AT&T and Verizon, is not showing like a hockey stick up of where it looks like it will break through the profitability of either AT&T or, or Verizon, like at this trajectory ever, right? And that's like the, the, the story that T-Mobile tells on Wall Street. They're gifted storytellers, but the numbers are, and they're making progress and all of these things. But, but as the second largest carrier, I would expect, the, and I would hope that this cumulative EBITDA curve will actually go up and, and that the, 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 the slope will go steeper. Because other than that, Wall Street at one day will wake up that where's the money, right? Where's the beef? Right. Well, and I think that brings us to the, the, the fourth chart we looked at, right, which is cumulative EBITDA increase on the quarter over quarter, right? And what's interesting there is, you know, during the same time period where you see net ads, postpaid phone net ads really stall out at Verizon is when their cumulative quarter over quarter EBITDA took off, right? And so even though they're not they're not getting new subs, they are much more profitable. And I think it, it bears mentioning that everybody's kind of had their own cross to bear in terms of, you know, looking at this quarter over quarter metric, right? So T-Mobile's been you know, going through a merger, right? AT&T has had to divest a bunch of kind of ancillary parts of their business. Verizon too. Right. In Verizon too, right? So so nobody has had kind of a clear skies, sunny day type of experience as far as it's concerned. Well, it, it's both John Stanky and Hans Vesberg had to undo the sins of their predecessors. Mike Sievert was the you know midwife of that merger and uh, has been promoted to head physician to bring that that merger that should lead to dramatically better profitability to life. We're still waiting for that. The company is becoming more profitable, but at the same trajectory as early in the tenure. And it's not accelerating, right? That's the really interesting thing. So in a way, with AT&T, you get T-Mobile's phone subscriber growth with the profitability of Verizon. And it's interesting, I think, you know, when we look at the metrics, both Verizon and T-Mobile have a very focus on on ARPA and accounts and a focus on, on adding additional customers through connected devices. AT&T does not. AT&T right now looks much more like a, a John Ledger type company with a heavy focus on phone net ads. Because I think they got burned a couple of years ago when they pushed like connected tablets and things like that. And it was a sugar high where they recorded like multi-million numbers of tablets. And then they promptly turned off again a year or two later when the device financing ran off, right? And if you remember, I challenged Mike Siever at the earnings call that with the new plans and the heavy focus on connected devices, if they would be on a sugar high as well. And, you know, he said no. And it looks like he's right, 
right? We, we have not seen a significant number of connected device owners churn off again. So they keep using and paying their devices, or at least paying their devices, right? And so that's an interesting divergence, and, and T-Mobile seemed to have cracked that nut somehow. Well, the article should be out in uh, Ferris Wireless by the time this airs, but we'll leave a link to it in, uh, in the show notes. It was fun. It was like a different way of looking at the data that people have never done before. And, you know, big credit to you for coming up with that idea. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.